Well, I think every company, however small or big it is, needs to draw a circle around itself. And then you need to make sure that within that circle, if there's schools that need helping, you help the schools. If there's a clinic in that circle, you help the clinic. And as your company gets bigger, you know, you can put a circle around your country. And then as it gets bigger still, you can put a circle around the world and help. That was Virgin founder Sir Richard Branson, who firmly believes that purpose-led businesses can be both sustainable and profitable. We had the opportunity to interview him backstage for a Focus Talk video and podcast at Virgin Atlantic's Business as an Adventure event, held in partnership with Investec in Johannesburg. The internationally recognized live business event series brought together masters and mavericks of business, including futurist and author Faith Popcorn, Kim Reed, the founder of Takealot.com, Fani Titi, joint CEO of Investec, and lawyer and activist Tando Hopper, amongst others. In episode one of this two-part focus talk, local entrepreneur and founder of SME Africa, Manus Bridrake, interviews Sir Richard Branson on how entrepreneurs can thrive in challenging times and why human relationships in startups and established business are critical even in a digital era. In part two, Manus turns the conversation to tackling youth unemployment, and the interview is joined by Stephen Kossoff, Investec co-founder and the co-convener of Yes, the Youth Employment Service, and Kensani Mongwe, whose life was turned around through a Yes internship. But first, he has a 10-minute masterclass in entrepreneurship from the world's most famous serial entrepreneur, Sir Richard Branson. Richard, great chatting to you. Thank you. When last did you have a tie on? I think when I got knighted. <laughs> um, it's, uh, I think the Queen, I, I brought out a record called God Save the Queen by the Sex Pistols 25 years earlier. And I was already nervous that instead of putting the sword on my shoulder, she'd uh, lop off my head. So I thought without a tie, I might be in trouble. <laughs> um, I feel completely overdressed here, so I'm going to lose mine. And then we if, can if have If I had a... a pair of scissors, I'd cut it off. <laughs> Richard, so... Um, I grew up in a small town uh, in, in Harry Smith in the Free State, and I didn't know anything about money, about business. And then the very first book that I read was Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Poor Dad. The second book that I read was Screw It, Let's Do It from mm. Richard Branson. And I remember at the time when I read Kiyosaki's book, I just wanted to make money. But mm. when I read your book, I wanted to become an entrepreneur because I think it's the coolest thing ever that you've done. And I've got huge respect for you, and I know the business owners in South Africa also do. Whether you started a business 50 years ago, you're starting a business now, whether you're starting a business in London or in South Africa, there are always, always challenges. And my question to you is, how do you personally, as Richard, think about challenges in your own mind, and how do you personally solve it? I think um, when, uh, when there are challenges, that there are enormous opportunities. So, uh, you know, I, I hated flying on other people's airlines and, uh, and in, it, you know, just said, screw it, let's do it, let's, let, let, let's try to, you know, buy a secondhand 747 and start an airline. Um, uh, and, uh, and, you know, so I think just generally, if you, if you look, if you keep your eyes open, you'll see situations where, um, you know, people are not doing things very well and, and you can step in and in, in, improve people's lives. And, Effectively, if you do that, you've you've started a you've become an entrepreneur and you've started a business, um, and um, uh, and you know over the years, I mean, 1987. I mean, we've, there's been you know quite a few crashes, um, uh, and 
um, and you know, and I think in some ways, Virgin, you know, Virgin, um, the Virgin companies have come out the stronger from them. And, and um, I mean, recently since Brexit, we've seen a number of airlines going bankrupt. Um, you know, because people love flying Virgin Atlantic, you know, we've survived and we've, we, you know, we're able to expand with a short haul airline, Virgin Connect, um, into routes that were otherwise, um, you know, operated by other people. So, um, so sometimes in struggling times, there are opportunities. So, so practical things for business owners out there. Are you saying just if there's a challenge, think of it as an opportunity. Don't ever see the negative. Is that what you say? Um, I'm a, I'm a, um, you know, a born optimist. I will always look at the sunny side of things. Um, I sometimes fall flat in my face, and, and but um, uh, but it, it's so much life's so much more fun to be an optimist um, and um, and just to try get out there and try things and and um, uh, and you'll learn. You know, even if it doesn't work out, you'll learn a hell of a lot from giving giving it a go. Um, and. Um, you know, I've just had a party last night for the new Branson Centre of Entrepreneurship here in South Africa and met a lot of these young entrepreneurs who are, um, are doing extraordinary things. Um, you know, there's, um, uh, you know, one, one entrepreneur who's just set up a whole company with for deaf people selling coffee. Um, and, the, you know, a lot of these people were, were there and it's going extreme, extraordinarily well. Um, and so, you know, in a sense, he's, you know, he's, you know, it's almost as social, it may be a social business, I don't know, but it's, you know, it is just like a, like a social business, it's doing great. Um, and, um, uh, and, you know, he's absolutely convinced that they'll employ uh, 10,000 people with the Branson Centre of Entrepreneurship over the next um, two to three years. And I, and I believe that he, you know, that, that, that will happen. Mm. Talking about that, I saw that uh, the mission is to create sustainable, purpose-led businesses. And I was wondering when I saw that purpose-led, like it's all over. Simon Sinek says, find your why. Everyone's talking about finding purpose, purpose. Is it really that important for you? Isn't it just about making money? I think you can do, the, you know, you can do both, basically. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, um, if you're running a purpose, uh, led business and it's losing money, it's not going to survive. So if you're going to be sustainable, it's got to be profitable. Um, but we've invested, um, you know, a lot of money in, uh, you know, in funds that are just purpose driven and, and they do, you know, at the end, the end of the year, they do a massive analysis on, you know, what, you know, how they've helped the SDGs or, you know, what, 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 what they've achieved from it. Um, and we'll definitely give preference over um, you know, investing in a company that, uh, you know, can kill two birds with one stone. I mean, like the, you know, deaf, deaf people selling coffee. coffee. I mean, it's, it's it, you know, and making money. So it, 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 it is um, uh, killing, killing two birds with one stone or three birds, maybe. <laughs> um, when we look at brands that people absolutely love, obviously Virgin, but if you look like at some of the new companies like uh, Uber and Tesla and even Apple, not that new, but people love it because of the tech. And personal service has become secondary to that. Um, I think like for myself, I don't even want to deal with people when I go and book, book something. I just want to go online and book it. Can you agree that some industries tech will just take over? Or do you think as Richard, there will always be that human element? I, I think, there, I, I hope and think that there will always be that human element. Um, I mean, Virgin is, is really sort of built on 
our people and um, and them being proud of working for for, for the company and um, uh, and creating incredible things. I mean, like you know, we're just about to launch a, mm. cru a cruise ship company called Virgin Voyages, um, and. In fact, in yeah, 10 days' time, I actually set sail on, on the first cruise ship that was just coming out of um, uh, Genoa, um, where it's been built, um, to, have a, to, have a, to check it out. Um, and, um, you know, we'll have 2,000 people working on each of our cruise ships that we build. Um, uh, you know, if we can deliver to them a product that is, you know, better than any other cruise ship in the world, which we mm. think we can do, um, if we look after them, they'll smile, they'll be happy, and, and, and our passengers will be happy. And, and, and so, it, uh, every, it, it, you know, it, and, it, and, and if that works, then we're in a position where we can move on to, an, you know, take on another industry afterwards. Personal service is obviously what you're talking about. Um, and systems and processes are super important in the business. But you saying personal service and people and, and client service. And in my opinion, that's like almost contrary to one another. So what would your advice be? How do you build systems, but you still have the flexibility of, of people and making their own, their own decisions? And I think especially if you grow, because when you do it, when you're small, it's kind of simple, right? But when you grow big, it's, it's very challenging. Yeah, I mean, with Virgin Atlantic, uh, when we launched with one plane 35 years ago, um, I remember looking around on the, our first flight and seeing all these smiling, happy staff and thinking, you know, are we gonna be able to keep that up for, you know, 35 years or 30 years or whatever it was. I don't think I thought 35 years ahead at the time, but 30 years. Um, and the great thing, if you go on Virgin Atlantic today, um, because they're proud of the company, they, they are still sm smiling, happy people. And, 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 uh, and if anything, I think that the, 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 the airlines uh, improved, um, which, is, which is rare in a lot of companies. And so I think um, for, for um, a company to still have that kind of spirit after 35 years, um, uh, anyway, says a lot about, about, um, about the team of people who say run Virgin Atlantic, who, uh, you know, give them, give them the tools to do the job. Um, uh, and, um, uh, and we try, you know, we, 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 we try to keep surprising the public, but also surprising our staff as well. Mm. The, the one thing that I'm super passionate about is to, to have focus on one thing. But that's like complete opposite Richard Branson, like go, go into everything. Was that always the case or do you think you focus, you make a success and, and you move on? What would your advice be to business owners out there? If I'd stayed in my first business, which is record shops, um, we would be bust. Um, and I know that you know, pe people, when I, when I was in my teens and early 20s, um, you know, people said he's stretching the brand too far. Um, you know, he's going to fall flat in his face. Um, but we, you know, but I'm, in, I'm inquisitive. I love learning about new things. I love trying new things. I love shaking up industries. And, um, uh, and so, um, you know, I think, um, you know, over, over the years we've created maybe $18 billion companies in, in, in something like 12 different sectors. And that is just simply because I love, um, uh, you know, I love challenging the team around me. And, um, and you know, and, and being proud of the, uh, you know what the, the the new venture that we we do. It's it's almost unbelievable what you've created, but it's such an inspiration. And thank you so much for your time. Thank it's you. It's really amazing. 
We now move into part two of our podcast, and this time, Manus asked Sir Branson to share some ideas from a global perspective on how to solve one of South Africa's most pressing issues, youth unemployment. They are joined by former Investec CEO Stephen Kossif and Kensani Mangwe, who landed a job through the Youth Employment Service. So South Africa is sitting with a youth unemployment rate of uh, north of 40%, and Stephen, you the co-convener of the Youth Employment Service. That's right, yes. And you've been tasked with by President Cyril Ramaphosa to create a million interns in the next uh, couple of years. And we keep going. Keep going? <laughs> yes. How long is that? No, actually, no, that was his original aim, but uh, you've got to be practical, and we need the economy to grow, so it, it will take longer. But, you know, we're up and running. It's taken us the last... We started really effectively January. We've done 27,500 uh, internships or in the process. And to bring all the corporates along and all the small business and get the rules of the game right, that's, you know, we're still in the teething period. But, uh, you know, it's like Jim Collins' old flywheel. Once mm. you get the flywheel turning, then it gets its own momentum. So, uh, you know, we'll get to a million, but you, know, you might have to extend the number of years. Sure. But even that, we can't downplay that number already. It's like so many families and everything being... Um, yeah, the affected. upliftment is phenomenal when you give people an opportunity and you give them a skill. Mm. And, uh, and, and the hope that they can get up in the morning and look after themselves. And that's the key. That's mm. what we're trying to achieve. And, uh, you know, it doesn't always have to be inside a corporate. But it's giving that individual a skill, a learning and then the confidence to present themselves in a corporate environment or to go into their own business. And all those aspects of, you know, what we're trying to achieve in the youth employment service are there. And, uh, and you know, Investec as an example, you know, we on our second round, so we did 12.50 last year, and we're on our second round of a further, I think, similar sort of number. And we outsource to service providers, but we make sure that these service providers value add to the employee mm. to, and uh, you really can take it a long way. Mm. It's very hard to bring them all inside a corporate environment. Mm. I want to chat to Kinsani in a bit because she's the proof in the pudding of one yes. of your candidates but having Richard Branson here, the, the face of entrepreneurship around the world, I got to challenge you with something about entrepreneurship and, and that would be that we, we create so, such a big emphasis around creating more jobs uh, but shouldn't we maybe put that emphasis on creating entrepreneurs and, and showing people and training people how to create their own income? But I, I think, you know, that's part of what we try and do in the Youth Employment Service. That some of it is creating entrepreneurs. If Tashmir was here, she'd give you a whole story about hydroponic farming and other aspects of what the Youth Employment Service actually achieves. We create these neighbourhood hubs within the townships and uh, we're trying to take the place of work right into the heart of the township as opposed to out in the city. So uh, I think, you know, ultimately you have to create an environment that fosters and develops entrepreneurs. And the Youth Employment Service does try and achieve part of that. Um, and uh, it does give people the opportunity to go into their own business. I'll give you a good example of one of our interns that went to the hotel school, because that's what we do. We send them to hotel school or artisan school. Um, the intern actually went to do his, um, um, in his work, work part of the program, not the training part of the program, at the Elangeni Hotel, started making cupcakes at night, 
Eventually, he got so busy that he jumped off the bus and went into his own business. He now employs 12 of his own family members. Uh -huh. So, you know, by giving people a skill, you can do phenomenal work to dent unemployment. And because one skill does create multiple jobs. And one of South Africa's big problems is there is a massive shortage of skills. In mm -hmm. fact, we, we estimate 800,000 800, skills short. And where we've been having difficulty is home affairs won't give visas if the people aren't from you know, South Africa, which is very, very wrong. Mm. Because those skills, if they create an average of five jobs, okay, maybe that's a bit high, but let's use that number, that's four million people that you're taking off the street. Four million people less that you need to give social grants to. So we need to change a lot of our rules of the game in South Africa, which is stifling growth, stifling the creation of entrepreneurs and uh, creating unemployment mm. and that you know the president is on to it but he needs to get his whole party along sure richard what's your take on that jobs versus entrepreneurs which ones should we focus on they're both uh, incredibly important um uh obviously i'm biased <laughs> uh being an entrepreneur um and i mean l last night we had a party um uh, for the whole team that, that, that is revamping the Branson Centre of Entrepreneurship here in South Africa. Um, uh, it's a great group of people. Um, uh, Virgin, Virgin Active is um, very much behind it. Um, and they think they can create um, uh, yeah, 10,000 jobs over the next two or three years. Um, uh, a lot of the young entrepreneurs that they'd taken on board were there at the, at the party. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, I mean, I've also spent the last two or three days going to schools in the townships of South Africa and, you know, they're, they're lacking, obviously. Um, uh, and so, edu ed you know, education is not as good as it should be. There are a lot of kids sitting on the floor. There were no chairs and so on. Um, but, you know, if, if a kid does leave school at 15 or 16, uh, as I did, they can become an entrepreneur. It may be more difficult for them to get other jobs. And, um, and I suspect, you know, quite a lot of them are street savvy enough to become entrepreneurs. So, um, so I think a country is great to hear, you know, uh, that this country is, is encouraging entrepreneurship. Um, in Britain, we set up something called Virgin Startup Loans, where we have uh, nearly 5,000, I think, um, on, uh, uh, startup companies. Um, and we arrange um, small loans for them, um, the government chip in. Um, uh, and then we have mentors who, who work with them. And the success rate of uh, you know, these 5,000 is far, far greater than you know, if, you just, if, you just, uh, you know, if you don't help people. Mm. Kimsani, as I said, you're the proof in the pudding. You did a, a YES um, internship through Investec. Yes. And then now you've got a full-time job at Sabi Sands uh, Nature Reserve, right? Yes. Um, how has YES uh, changed your life and the life of your family? Um, I can say I completed my matric in 2007. 2007, 2008, I didn't go to college or do anything. 2009, I went to Stanford College to do travel and tourism. And then I came back home. I stayed for two years without a job. And then I decided, let me do something similar to tourism. Then I, I did uh, a FAGAS guiding level two. Then after that, uh, I got an opportunity to do a um, community tour. Yeah, it was nothing like uh, for a month, it will give me at least 100 rand for a whole day doing a community tour. And then I, did, I done that for 
for several years, I think, yeah. After um, there was a post in Kruger National Park, uh, they needed a freelance guide for two weeks. And then I apply, they call me, I work there for two weeks, and then after I came back doing the community tour, community tour, and then I heard about the internship uh, posting service end. Then I decided to apply, they called me, and then I got a job. You could, you could have applied to Ulus Sabra in Sabi Sands. I mean, you just got the wrong <laughs> address <laughs> in the future. <laughs> And, and it has and changed your life. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, why, why not? Yeah, and then it changed my life a lot because now uh, I'm now working at Servicend. Yeah, I got a job at Servicend, but I've stayed many years without a job. Then the Yes program, Yes program, I mean, changed my life. Yeah. And you can now go to Sabi Sands and say you've just got a job offer from Lissaba. <laughs> yeah. And they must better your rate and then I take commission on that and we all benefit from this. I, want, I, I once had a di dinner many, many years ago uh, in France with the boss of the company and his managing director was there and I really thought the managing director was good. So I offered him a job and he decided to join us the next day. And the boss wrote me a letter saying, <laughs> When you when you invited out to dinner, you do not steal the cutlery. <laughs> I, I, felt, I felt a little guilty, but he was he turned out to be a great managing director. <laughs> Richard, talking about Ulusaba uh, through the Pride and Purpose team there, I believe you've done amazing stuff in the community. Um, what's what's been your learnings from that? Well, I think. Uh, Every company, almost however small or big it is, needs to draw a circle around itself. Um, and then you need to make sure that within that circle, um, you, uh, you know, if there's schools that need helping, you help the schools. If there's a clinic in, in that circle, you help the clinic. You, um, you know, if people have got HIV and they're not getting antiretroviral drugs, as has happened in the past in South Africa, you make sure they do get antiretroviral drugs. Um, and um, and, and you know, as your company gets bigger, you know, you can put a circle around your country and then as it gets bigger still, you can put a circle around um, the world and, 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 make, and, and help. Um, but, you know, in, in all, so, so Ulu Sabra have done, you know, wonderful things, I think, uh, the team there. Um, it's not just Virgin Money, it, it is, you know, all our guests, we, you know, and, and the, you know, they go out and they see the projects and they can feel part of the projects. and. Um, and I think they, you know, they feel their visits to South Africa are the richer for it, but they definitely made the community, um, uh, you know, the richer as a result um, in, 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 in lots of different ways. And, um, you know, the clinic that we set up near, near, near there called the Babesi Clinic, um, you know, has managed to get the average expectancy of life up by about seven years. So, you know, so the, anyway, you can make quite a big difference. Mm. Uh, Just to come back there, Monis, on you said entrepreneurs or jobs. So there's a very good book written by an uh, Indian guy who worked at Cisco called Doing Both. Mm. And you have to do both. Mm. You need to build entrepreneurs, but not everyone's cut to be an entrepreneur. Very true. And they create a lot of mm. jobs. And you've got to do both in life. So. And intra entrepreneurs are very important, which is a, yeah, in a, a, new, a new word that I've only heard recently. And that, you know, that is, you've, you make sure that people within your company, if they are entrepreneurs, they don't have, they don't have to leave the, your company to go and you know, be their own entrepreneurs. They can be an entrepreneur within your company sure. doing entrepreneurial things, and they, they, could, they should be rewarded for that. Mm. And, uh, and, and in fact, if you don't have a bunch of entrepreneurs working in a, in a bigger company, you're, you're, you're going to be a struggling big company. 
th that's the culture we try to build at Investec is to create an environment of entrepreneurs yeah. who have a can-do attitude, who are very service oriented and come up with lots of good ideas and then they, you know, well rewarded. Yeah. So I think that is very, very important for growth and development of mm -hmm. a company as well. Yeah. So you need both. You need all three. Yeah. Entrepreneurs, uh, jobs and entrepreneurs. Sure. Personally, I feel there's, there's something needed where when we think about entrepreneurship, and I think that's globally, we think about entrepreneurs such as Richard Branson creating Virgin or Bill Gates creating Microsoft. But we sh I think we should also make entrepreneurship that you can just create your own income. And yeah. that might be small. You're not going to be the next guy on, on mm. Forbes. But, yeah. um, and, and I think that will make a fundamental shift, shift as well. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I think that most entrepreneurs maybe employ you know, five, six people max, you know, maximum. And, um, and they're fulfilling a really important um, you know, part in society. I mean, if you add them all up together, um, uh, you know, they're, they're employing a lot of people and in their own way, I mean, the only, the only way that their business is succeeding is because people like it and, and people feel it's serving a purpose. Um, uh, you, know, they're, 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 you know, collectively, they're an incredibly yeah. important group of people. Mm. And that, that, you know, that's where you get real job creation, mm. is the more the SMME grows from 5 to 10 sure. people or 10 to 20, is where you're really getting labor absorption and job creation. For sure. So those are very, very important businesses. And you can see, even in the developed world, take a country like Australia, there are more small businesses than there are members of unions today. Mm. And that's what the transformation of society over the last 50 years, perhaps, has done, is create those countries that have done well have created those entrepreneurs sure. that work for themselves, they don't rely on anyone, they get up and go every morning on their truck or if they're a plumber or an artisan mm. or anything like that, and they work for themselves. And, uh, and you get a lot of small business in society that is a functioning developed society. Mm. The other thing is, you know, you're getting, like people don't have permanent jobs, so they work in the gig economy, and you'll know this well, and there are apps that have been created that where you can auction your, your skills every day. And that's going to become a lot more prevalent in today's world. Mm. Talking about that, Richard, and also what it, um, Stephen said in terms of Investec, like they're building that intrapreneur that you're talking about. The, the youngsters, the millennials, they want different things in the workspace, right? Um, they want flexible hours, they want more incentive schemes, they want to be entrepreneurs inside the organization. What's your advice on, on retaining and um, recruiting these youngsters? Um, at Virgin, we're experimenting all the time with new ideas. and uh, Apart from going on to interviews and stealing people from other companies. Uh, and by and large, they're working. So, for instance, at the Virgin Group, uh, if somebody wants to go on two months' leave, we'll pay them. You know, they can go on two months' leave. If, if, some, you know, if somebody has a, um, a wedding or a funeral or a party they need to go to, you know, they won't have to ask. They can, they, they can do it. If somebody wants to work at home, they can do it. If somebody wants to work at home on a Friday or, or a Monday, they can do it. If somebody wants to go part-time, they can do it. So we're, we're trying to treat people as we would treat our brothers, or our children, basically, or, or our brothers and sisters. Um, you know, if they need flexibility in their life, we'll, we'll let them have flexibility. Um, if they have a baby, we'll, we'll, we'll you know, give a year's, um, a, a year's maternity, and, um, and they can split it with their husband if they, if they want as well. So 
Uh, and it sounds like if you add all that together, it's going to cost the company a lot of money. Uh, but the, the, the actual fact is that, you know, on the holiday front, for instance, I think we average maybe one day, one day more per year than, than, we, than we did before we did this. So, um, and yet, you know, when people go to the pub and they say, uh, what company do you work for? They're really proud of the fact mm. they work for Virgin um, for hopefully many reasons. But, you know, but that's, that definitely contributes to that. Um, Stephen, that's interesting because you've just adopted that policy at Investec. Um, unlimited leave and yeah. dress as you like during dress the day. Dress for the day. Dress for the <laughs> day. Be appropriate for the day, but uh, it's up to you to think, to d decide what you believe is appropriate. And uh, if, you, if you want leave, you can take it. Is that uh, how you see the future of work? I, I think, and you know, disciplined people, as Richard says, they don't go and they know they've got a job to do and they know they've got to deliver and you measure them on output as opposed to them, the amount of time at the desk. Uh, you get a totally different culture and, uh, and you know, people feel that they are much more in control of their day and their lives. And I think that's very important as long as you deliver uh, and, uh, and, you know, you measure it on output, not on um, how much time you spend in the show. And you get a, maybe a different type of person uh, who's more entrepreneurial, intrapreneurial. Um, but that's what a, a corporate wants. People who can think for themselves and get things done and don't have to be desperate. Mm. Kinsani, in closing off, you've got two of the greatest world changers next to you. What do you think should be the message to them in terms of youth unemployment? What should we do better um, as a country, as big business, when it comes to youth employment? Do you uh, have a message? I, I'll I think to them, I'll just say, you know, helping is, is important because they've got power. If they, they have this chance to help the youth out there, they must go for it because there are people who, who need their help. So, and, and thank you very much. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And uh, there's a lot to be done. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, as, as I said, I've just been to you know, four of these townships, schools, and um, you, we, they, they don't, won't cost much to make these schools, you know, to bring them up to a level where, where they can make a real difference in society and, and, and uh, you know, give, I mean, giving kids a chance of a really good education, um, especially when they're young, um, uh, is, is so important. And, and, and I think that's, lack, that, that's lacking in some of the townships. Yeah. It's, it's very hard to understand why in a country like South Africa we haven't made much more progress on that front. And, uh, you know, I still can't work it out. And uh, another NGO that I work with is called Innovation Africa. It's an Israeli-American NGO, puts water into villages. These villages have no water. We've already done, we'll have done 60 villages with 5,000 people in each village by April. Right. And you cannot believe the transformation to that village of bringing water. And what happens is the women go at 3 o'clock in the morning mm. to fetch water from dirty mm. streams. Yeah and uh, they then have to convert that water into something that's drinkable or washable. Mm. Now we put these towers driven by solar mm. um, with points around the village and they can walk yeah. 500 meters to get water whenever they mm. feel like and the water is tested to make sure it's drinkable and uh, you, you transform their lives. Mm. And now you can extend it to farming, you can extend it to, you know, the women have got more time to go to school. It, it just transformed their lives. And if, if you know, if, and you, you, corporate South Africa have a massive role to play here to understand that if you want an inclusive society where everyone benefits from growth, then we have to do a lot more 
on the social front. Because when I did, I did, when I went to business school, they taught us the role of the firm is to maximize profits. Mm. That's the wrong thing. The role of the firm is to meet the needs of all stakeholders, and by doing that, their profits will automatically grow. That's and great. your stakeholders are not just your shareholders. Mm. No, I couldn't agree more. I think the, um, yeah, if you, if you go to a company uh, and they've got impressive offices, you, should, you then need to go to the community around that company and see uh, whether they've got, you know, whether they're well yeah. looked after. Yeah. And if they're not, you realize that company's not doing its job properly. Yeah, couldn't agree more. But I also think it's not like three massive things are going to happen. Like it's all these small mm. little things, the stuff that you're doing at Dulisaka, the many other initiatives mm -hmm. that you've got, Stephen. Yeah, like multiple initiatives. That's what, that, that's what transforms. Mm. Big things, you know, you are always a big risk. Mm. Big projects often fail. Exactly. And we'll have many consignees here and, we'll, and that will roll out. And I liked your analogy with the circle around you. And I think mm -hmm. we must all just draw that circle. Thank you for listening to this Investec Focus Talk podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation, please take the time to rate us and subscribe to our channel wherever you get your podcasts. And stay tuned for more inspirational content from Business as an Adventure, including fascinating insights on how diversity can build business advantage, a discussion on how business can navigate a tough economy, and the imperative to reimagine education. Find out more at investec.com forward slash BIAA.